from Brown Kale Studios in Montana. This is News Nerds, the news podcast. On this week's episode, we just had a very interesting presidential debate. It was chaotic. In France, they're calling it chaotic, childish, and grueling. In Germany, they're calling it a TV duel, like a car accident. Well, that seems to fit the night we just had. All of those perfectly described last night's presidential debate. And just think, that's only one debate down. What is in store for us in the next weeks? Well, I guess we'll find out. But we will be covering last night's presidential debate. And we will be replaying some of the clips from last night. I'm Ezra Graham, and you are listening to News Nerds, the news podcast. There has been talk about ending the filibuster or even packing the court, adding to the nine justices there. You call this a distraction by the president, but in fact, it wasn't brought up by the president. It was brought up by some of your Democratic colleagues in in the Congress. So my question to you is, you have refused in the past to talk about it. Are you willing to tell the American people tonight whether or not you will support either ending the filibuster or packing the court? Whatever position I take in that, that'll become the issue. The issue is the American people should speak. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Let, vote now. You pack the Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why because, would you answer that because question? Because the you question is, the question is, the question is, listen, who is on your list, Joe? This who's is on your so list? right. Gentlemen, is, I think this is so unprecedented. This week's book nook pick is the book The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie by Alan Bradley. I just finished this book and it is a very good book. It's about a 11-year-old girl. I think she's 11 named Flavia and she is in the Deleuze family and this is set in England. She finds a body in her garden in the cucumber patch and what will she do about this? She will investigate herself. So she decides to investigate the murder while the police are unsuccessfully uh, trying to crack the case as well. She gets much farther than the police and uh, she eventually... I'm going to leave you at a cliffhanger. Does she solve it or does she fail? Well, I'll have to let you read this book. Well, it's a really good book, and it's based um, on uh, the the art of collecting stamps. There's lots of mentions of collecting stamps. Uh, and this book is the winner of the Crime Writers Association Debut Dagger Award, and it's by Alan Bradley as... I said it's about 370 pages, and it's just a very great book. And it's a very great mystery. It's not too scary, but it will make you stay up very late just trying to figure out what will happen next. It's a really great book, and uh, a very, very talented author wrote this as well. That's The Sweetness at the Bottom of the Pie.
let's talk about the debate. Across the country, the debate last night was described as hectic and crazy. In my mind, parts of the debate sounded like a grown-up breaking up a fight between two toddlers. In fact, all over the world, comments were made about the crazy manner of the debate. Rachel Maddow on MSNBC said, quote, What happened on that debate stage was unlike anything that has ever happened on a presidential debate stage ever before, unquote. In China, the Global Times said that the debate was the most chaotic presidential debate ever. This news company also noted that President Trump took aim at China by blaming it for the raging COVID-19 epidemic and U.S. economic woes. In Germany, they called the debate part fist fight, part play. This article said both Trump and Biden could go home satisfied because as far as theatrical performance is concerned, both did their job properly. Donald Trump played Donald Trump, Joe Biden played Joe Biden, and fans should have liked it. Many points were brought up last night, and many questions were not answered as well. Most of the night was filled with name-calling, like when Trump called Biden the bottom of his class, and when Biden said that Trump was the, quote, worst president America has ever had, unquote. The debate was split into six chunks of about 15 minutes. Most of these rules had to be adjusted because of the shouting match that spread over almost two hours. Let's now listen to moderator Chris Wallace asking President Trump to listen to him. All right, that's the, end of the, that's the end of the segment. We're, mo we're moving on. It didn't take that. Well, Vice President, it's no. Can it's, I be honest? It's a very important question. No, I, I stood up. No, I, I, the answer to the question is no. Ukraine. No, I, sir. With a billion dollars, if you that is if you know what you're wait, not stop. true. You're doing it. You're going to have true gentlemen. I hate to raise my voice, but it seems to be. Why should I be different than the two of you? So here's the deal. Point. We have six segments. We have ended that segment. We're going to go to the next segment. In that segment, you each are going to have two uninterrupted moments. In those two interrupted minutes, Mr. President, you can say anything you want. I'm going to ask a question about race, but if you want to answer about something else, go ahead. But we, we, I think that the country would be better served if we allowed both people to speak with fewer interruptions. I, I'm appealing to you, sir, to do that. Well, and him too. Well, frankly, you've been doing more interrupting. Well, that's all right, have. but he does plenty. Well, less than, <laughs> sir, less than, plenty. no, less than you have. Cowboys! The debate in Cleveland, Ohio, focused on these topics. The Supreme Court, the coronavirus, race and violence, the economy, election integrity, and Trump and Biden's records. This debate comes as a New York Times report says that Trump paid $750 in federal income tax in 2016 and 2017, and in the other years he paid nothing. The report also says that Trump used more than $70,000 just to take care of his hair. President Trump says that this report is fake news and that this report is fake. Later, Biden and Harris released their 2019 tax returns. Trump has continuously said that he won't release his tax returns, but he has not done so. The Supreme Court has gotten a lot of attention because of the death of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. See some other emails from news nerds about her death. Trump, Mitch McConnell, and other Republicans 
Republicans in the Senate are working to pass Trump's nomination of Judge Amy Coney Barrett for the Supreme Court. When asked why the situation now is different than in 2016 when Mitch McConnell would not confirm Merrick Garland, Trump said elections have consequences and he is not elected for three years, he's elected for four years, and the fourth year still counts. Donald Trump continued and said that Amy Coney Barrett will do a good job and he could not have picked a better person. He also says many people endorse her and she has a very good academic record. Trump pounced on an opportunity to tell Biden that if he were president, two million lives would have been lost, not 200,000. Joe Biden started off saying thank you for doing this. He wanted to thank the people that had organized this amid a pandemic. Joe Biden called Trump and McConnell's explanation for the difference between now and 2016 an abuse of power. Joe Biden said that the American people should have a say in the matter of picking the next justice on the Supreme Court. He then elaborated on this subject and said we need to wait until after the election to see what the outcome of the election is. Here is a clip from the debates about the Supreme Court. President Trump, you nominated Amy Coney Barrett over the weekend to succeed the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the court. You say the Constitution is clear about your obligation and the Senate's to consider a nominee to the court. Vice President Biden, you say that this is an effort by the president and Republicans to jam through an appointment and what you call an abuse of power. My first question to both of you tonight, why are you right in the argument you make and your opponent wrong? And where do you think a Justice Barrett would take the court. President Trump, in this first segment, you go first, two minutes. Thank you very much, Chris. I will tell you very simply, we won the election. Elections have consequences. We have the Senate, we have the White House, and we have a phenomenal nominee, respected by all, top, top academic, uh, good in every way, good in every way. In fact, uh, some of her biggest endorsers are very liberal people from Notre Dame and other places. So I think she's going to be fantastic. We have plenty of time, uh, even if we did it after the election itself. I have a lot of time after the election, as you know. So I think that uh, she will be outstanding. She's going to be uh, as good as anybody that has served on that court. We really feel that. Uh, we have a professor at Notre Dame, highly respected by all, said she's the single greatest student he's ever had. He's been a professor for a long time at a great school. And uh, we just, uh, we won the election and therefore we have the right to choose her. And very few people knowingly would say otherwise. And by the way, the Democrats, they wouldn't even think about not doing it. If they had, the only difference is to try and do it faster. There's no way they would give it up. They had Merritt Garland, but the problem is they didn't have the election. So they were stopped. And probably that would happen in reverse also. Definitely would happen in reverse. So we won the election and we have the right to do it, Chris. President Trump, thank you. Um, same question to you, Vice President Biden. You have two minutes. Well, first of all, um, thank you for doing this and looking thank forward you. to this, Mr. President. Thank you, Jim. I, uh, the American people have a right to have a say in who the Supreme Court nominee is. And that say occurs when they vote for a United States senators and when they vote for the President of the United States. 
They're not going to get that chance now because we're in the middle of an election already. The election has already started. Tens of thousands of people have already voted. And so the thing that should happen is we should wait. We should wait and see what the outcome of this election is, because that's the only way the American people get to express their view is by who they elect as president and who they elect as vice president. Now, what's at stake here is the president's made it clear he wants to get rid of the Affordable Care Act. He's been running on that. He ran on that. And he has been governing on that. He's in the Supreme Court right now trying to get rid of uh, the, uh, the Affordable Care Act, which uh, will strip 20 million people from having insurance, health insurance now, if, if, they, if it goes into court. And, and uh, the justice, and I have nothing, I'm not opposed to the justices, but she seems like a very fine person. But she's written before she went on the bench, which is her right, that she thinks that the Affordable Care Act is not constitutional. The other thing that's on the court, and if, if, if it's struck down, what happens? Women's rights are fundamentally changed. Once again, a woman could be helped pay more money because she has a pre-existing condition of pregnancy. We're able to, they're able to charge a woman more for the same exact procedure a man did, gets. And that ended when we, in fact, passed the Affordable Care Act. And there's 100 million people who have pre-existing conditions, and they'll be taken away as well. Those pre-existing conditions, the insurance companies are going to love this. And so it's just not appropriate to do this before this election. If he wins the election and the Senate is Democrat or Republican, then he goes forward. If not, we should wait until February. In the economic part of the debate, Trump started by telling the camera that he had built the world's best economy. He said, we've shut it down and now we're reopening and we are doing quite well. When discussing the economy, Trump blamed COVID-19 on China and called the virus the China Plague. We should never have even had one person who died, said Trump. Biden mentioned the work of him and former President Barack Obama in the 2008 recession. Biden said that he brought back the economy in 2008 and therefore he could do it again in the current climate. Because of the many protests regarding the death of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, race and police violence was a big issue in the debate. Trump has been criticized by the media of hiding in his bunker and ordering tear gas to be sprayed on to peaceful protesters in Washington so he could have a photo shoot with a Bible at a church. In his two-minute debate speech, Trump said that there was hate in many places like Oakland and Baltimore and that needed to stop. Meanwhile, Biden said that we need to follow the Constitution. He also highlighted on the numerous circumstances when Trump avoided uh, to condemn white supremacists. He also said that Trump looks down on people of a different race. Later, when Chris Wallace asked if Trump was willing to condemn far-right racists and white supremacists, he avoided the question entirely and instead focused on Antifa and how bad they are. After Trump's remarks, Proud Boys, or far-right men that support violence, no woman allowed, posted to congratulate President Trump on his remarks at the debate. Let's listen in on that part of the debate when... Chris Wallace told Trump to condemn white supremacists. The economy 
is, I think it's fair to say, recovering faster than expected from the shutdown Much faster. in the second quarter. The unemployment rate fell to 8.4% last month. The Federal Reserve says the hit to, to growth, which is going to be there, is not going to be nearly as big as they had expected. President Trump, you say we are in a V-shaped recovery. Vice President Biden, you say it's more of a K-shape. What difference does that mean to the American people in terms of the economy? President Trump, in this segment, you go first. So we built the greatest economy in history. We closed it down because of the China plague. When the plague came in, we closed it down, which was very hard psychologically to do. He didn't think we should close it down, and he was wrong. And again, two million people would be dead now instead of still 204,000 people is too much. One person is too much. Should have never happened from China. But what happened is we closed it down and now we're reopening and we're doing record business. We had 10.4 million people in a four month period that we've put back into the workforce. That's a record the likes of which nobody's ever seen before. Millionaires and billionaires like him in the middle of the COVID crisis had done very well. Another billionaires have made another $300 billion because of his profligate tax proposal. And he only focused on the market. But you folks at home, you folks living in Scranton and Claymont and all the small towns and working class towns in America, how well are you doing? This guy paid well, a total of $750 in taxes. Sir, sir, wait, wait, no, sir, it's just the wrong Yeah, I understand. You've agreed to the two minutes, so please let him have it. Do I get my time back? The fact is that he has, in fact, worked on this in a way that he's going to be the first president of the United States to leave office, having fewer jobs in his administration than when he became president. for a musical segment now and we haven't had one for a very long time so I'm very excited for this. Uh, I have been slowly but surely learning how to play the clarinet. It's a very interesting journey. It still does not sound very good. <laughs> Another song I learned, it's uh, Jingle Bells. still willing to listen remember you can always press the stop button uh, and if you are driving I would not recommend listening to the news nerds uh, uh, musical segment because I do lots of stupid things on this segment uh, here's one more song <clears throat> 
It's very short, by the way. Just, just so you know. It's time for our geographical location challenge. We have no new states up in the uh, first, second, or third place range, but Virginia is still in first place with 10% of all news and those listeners. Second place, two runners up, California and uh, Ohio. They were both in first place once. Um, and then third place, we have two runners up, New Mexico and Connecticut. If you want to see your state bump into first place, contact your friends, family, and whoever else is in your state, and maybe you will watch your state slowly creep into first place, just like Virginia and so many other states have done. And that's it for this segment. Now let's go into our next segment. That's it for this week's episode of News Nerds, the news podcast. I'm Ezra Graham. Thank you so much to everybody who was listening to this week's episode of News Nerds and who stayed with us while I talked about the de- the crazy debate that happened yesterday. Well, we'll be covering the next couple debates and we'll see what is coming. Uh, well, thank you and we'll see you next week. You can go to our website newsnerdshost.wixsite.com slash podcast and subscribe free. You just need an email. It's very, very easy and you can also listen to past episodes of News Nerds and Cow Pies, the bloops and blunders from Brown Cow Studios.